Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 140. This week on the show, I have an awesome conversation with Sam Athenis of the band My Kid Brother. Um, super cool dude, super dope conversation that we had. Really excited to bring this one to you guys um, and hopefully put more ears in the direction of, of My Kid Brother and kind of this amazing um, album that they're getting ready to drop, which actually just drops here in a couple days after the podcast goes live um, on October 7th via Fearless Records. They have Happy, Mad, Weird, Sad coming out. Um, and I had a great time talking with Sam about kind of the writing process, the recording process. We got background on the band for people that aren't familiar with them already. Um, you know, talked about working with um, producer Eric Palmquist, who has also worked with bands like Thrice, Bad Sons, Mute Math, and so many more. His resume is ridiculous. You should go look it up because you've probably heard songs that he's worked on, whether you've realized it or not. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Sam and I had a great time talking and, um, you know, going over all these different things and kind of amping up and, and getting ready for this album release. So let's go ahead and dive in to this conversation that I had with Sam from My Kid Brother. To kick things off, though, I do start with the same boring-ass question every time. Super simple introduction, man. Who are you? A little bit about the band and, you know, kind of just kick us off here. Yeah. Uh, well, my name's Sam Athenis. Um, I played drums in My Kid Brother. Uh, we're like an indie alternative band that signed to Fearless Records a few years ago. Um, yeah, we got a debut album coming out. Um, we put out an EP a couple of years ago. Uh, that we're really proud of, but um, really excited about this full-length record that's coming out next month. And uh, yeah, we're going to be hitting the road pretty soon with a pretty cool tour in October. So um, yeah, you know, yeah. having fun with it for sure. And you know, I'm I'm glad you brought up Fearless. I mean, obviously they're your label, so you're kind of contractually obligated <laughs> to some degree. Uh, the lawyer's going to show up at my house if I don't say that in the first one one minute or so. Yeah. 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 But no, I, I think the thing with, with Fearless is, you know, like, I think a lot of people still see them as kind of the, one of the indie labels. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. still not for some reason in the spotlight a lot. But their roster doesn't fucking miss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they know how yeah. to find talent. And to say to be able to say, you know, in your position that, hey, we're on fucking fearless records, like that's a big deal, man. Yeah. No, it's crazy feeling. Um we we all uh when we started this band maybe like six years ago, uh, we really had no intentions of um joining a label. Uh just had kind of heard horror stories and right. things that, you know, there's probably three dozen movies about the horror stories of signing a band to a label. But uh, yeah, we, we met a couple of the guys um, from, from the label. Uh, Andy, the co-president came out and saw us play uh, in DC a few years ago. And um, Andy all the way, like everybody in the, the whole staff has just been like so fucking kind and welcoming. And it's like, uh not anything like what we were afraid of so um we feel super fortunate to be with um one like you said like the other bands are like awesome like we were fans of almost all the other bands if not all the other bands on the label um and to to join those ranks and have it be full of like really friendly like family like people is kind of absurd and we're all still pinching ourselves just like is this is this fucking real? Is this yeah. <laughs> an actual thing? And and that's the thing, man. Like, you know, you mentioned their, well, I started it by mentioning their roster, but like the thing is they've got such a, a depth to their roster, so many different genres. You know, they used to be seen as kind of just like the, 
hard like post post punk and like beginnings of metalcore. Yes. And now it's like everybody's here because they just have such great vision for being. But yeah. no, what I was saying, you know, like their their roster has such depth, um, and like coming from when they first kind of started, everybody had that vision that they were just this metalcore and post punk type, you know, label. And now it's like, oh no, like they've got bands, you know, like you guys, Grayscale, yeah. um, you know, all the way over to like Chase Atlantic and I Prevail. Like, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. They just want talent and they know, they know what they're doing. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's an awesome group of folks. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been cool. Who would have thought? Right. None of us would have thought that's for sure. <laughs> but I think that's the thing is, you know, especially if you, you know, I'm 37. So I grew up in like the prime of fearless records and hopeless and a lot of these labels kind of kicking off. Um, so yeah, like you said, kind of to see later, even for me to be like, I fucking work with their bands is insane yeah. to me because they were always a, a label I looked up to. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the background to the band here. Um, like you said, you guys started about six years ago, obviously, you know, quote unquote, young kids and not sure what you're doing with your life at that moment. What was kind of the inspiration for this band and like figuring out what, what this was going to be project wise? Um, it honestly, no joke, kind of just like fell in our laps. Um, I, I had played in some bands you know, growing up and after college a little bit and, uh, Christian, uh, the, one of the lead singers of my kid brother, um, him and I started working together, bartending at this landlocked beach bar in Leesburg, uh, Virginia. Um, and yeah, we had both kind of just finished up with our previous projects. And I think he'd say the same thing that we had kind of like hung it up and didn't really plan on like doing anything serious with bands anymore. Yeah. But, um, we just became good friends and couldn't help but talk about music. And I'm a drummer. He's a singer, guitar player, songwriter, like, fuck it. Let's just start playing. So, uh, like after the bar would close at like two in the morning, close up, finish cleaning around three in the morning, set up our gear, start playing around three thirty, four in the morning, just in like, the after hours like a couple of the other bartenders would stick around and listen to us play and yeah um that was the band at its origin origin and um yeah we met our first guitar player who always been our guitar player dylan uh and our first keyboard player Lindsay, uh joined the band um back in 2015 i want to say um we met richard along the way he popped in once we signed with fearless um lindsey had to leave the band uh and we met piano who's uh our current keyboard player and vocalist and uh yeah that's kind of how the roster that's the, th the short story of how the roster formed but yeah uh it all just kind of like none of us really planned for it it was always just for fun a few of us had not really thought we were going to play in serious bands anymore. And, uh, but it just happened and it just kind of fell into place. And like I said, Andy came out and just like, what the fuck like is happening right now. <laughs> um, and since then it's just been like bucket list things. Like, I don't know, like working with producers we never thought we'd work with and playing with bands we never thought we'd play with in venues. We never thought we'd play. Um, yeah, every every day we're all just kind of like feeling crazy fortunate that we've gotten to do as much as we've done. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that that really shitty cliche that like the best things in life come when you stop looking for them, right? Like, yeah, you guys were yeah. done, and it's like, oh, this opportunity's here now. Yeah, it's crazy how it, life can work out like that. But um, yeah, I think maybe taking that pressure away and just not having that expectation. Um, but we weren't lazy about it. Like we were working hard, but it wasn't with this like end goal of like, 
all right, the old formula for bands, like we write some songs, now we have to get signed. And it's just like, nah, wrote some songs. We played them for our friends. Our friends liked them. They told their friends. And then it just kind of like went from there. But yeah, uh, yeah it was a zero pressure atmosphere. <laughs> Uh-oh, I might be losing you again. Oh, there we go. I, oh, there back we go. again. Cool. It was fast. Cool. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it didn't do a full reset this time. Um, Good. <laughs> yeah, no. So let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you guys kind of starting to build momentum and everything, obviously. And then the fucking COVID years happen and yeah. shut everything down. What was that like for you guys? Because, you know, your wheels were just really kind of getting under you to start taking off on some stuff. Yeah. Um I think we had just released the EP uh, and we had a tour lined up with um, angels and airwaves and then Tom DeLong got like bronchitis before COVID even happened. So yeah. the tour got delayed until I think March, then COVID happened. And like for us, like we'd played with some really cool bands on, on the road, but like to get to open for angels and airwaves, we were like, that's up there. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this is, you know, we all like just I like I said, bucket list stuff, like to meet those guys and be able to like yeah. share a stage. It's just like what the fuck is happening? But um yeah, then COVID happened. So uh both tours were canceled. Um we spent COVID kind of just writing music. We worked on this full length record that's coming out next month and um practicing a lot. Uh we kind of quarantined together. Um a lot of us lived together at the time. So we were kind of like, you know, forced to quarantine together. But, uh, but yeah, we just took the time to kind of um, ironing out songs to make our live performance just that much better and um, writing a shitload of music. Um, recorded the record. And then once things started to open back up, we finally got to do the Angels tour, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We just kind of like kept our noses to the grindstone and it sucked. Like it definitely set us back timing right. wise, like two years, not to over complain. Cause obviously we're all very fortunate compared to what a lot of people went through, but um, you know, for, for my kid brother as a band, it yeah. definitely did not do us any favors. For sure. Definitely a, you know, a kick in the pants going, Hey, yeah. you know, Settle down over here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you mentioned uh, spending a lot of that time writing songs and whatnot. How do you feel like that maybe maybe was beneficial, trying to find, like, the silver lining in it, right? That yeah. we had the time to sit and write a shitload of songs and, like, develop the sound and figure out what was going to work with us. Yeah. Um, it definitely helped a bit with that. Um, a lot of us are... are still food service industry folks on the day to day. Yeah. So like most of us still kept our day jobs and we're, we're working through it. So like our schedules didn't open up too much other than we weren't on the road touring, but right. um, you know uh, yeah, Christian and piano did, they'd always do the brunt of the writing for us. Um, and they were burning the candles at both ends between the two of them. Um, but yeah, it, it worked out. I mean, I, I can't wait for people to hear it, but uh, yeah, it freed us up a bit, but it was still still a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it yeah. definitely was. I think, you know, it, it's one of those things that now that we're out of it, it's quote unquote easy to look back and be like, you know, it could have been worse or, you know, oh, these yeah. things could have happened for sure. But in yeah. the moment, like, it fucking blew for everyone. Yeah. Like it, it fucking just ripped livelihoods away. Things like for that. For sure. Um, you know, and uh, I think for me, for this podcast, it was, it was beneficial in the, the dirtiest sort of way because everybody was sitting at home. What else do they have? To yeah. Do? Why, why would they not do the podcast with me? You know? So yeah, for sure. Um, but no, I, I think, you know, being able to, to be with the guys and write songs and like 
I mean, you're isolated, but you're not alone. And that's the right. weird, weird feeling of it, right? That, like, yeah. there's people around me, but I'm still fucking isolated. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because, yeah, it's like you feel this weird, like, guilt for feeling isolated because you're like, well, I'm not really because there are still people here. But, like, still, it's isolating, like, to not be able to, like, get out and function. And I know everybody felt the same thing of just, well, it'll be over and a month or two or three or four or five just kept going. <laughs> yeah. um, so the timeline got to be a little bit uh, discouraging, but for sure, you know, but yeah. I, I think that's the big thing is like, you know, if when it originally happened, if that two weeks to flatten the curve or whatever the fuck it was, like if mm-hmm. that was a legitimate deadline and Hey, we get through two weeks and everything's fine. Like it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like everybody would have right. been cool. Let's do it. It was the yeah. fact that it was like, hey, we have two weeks to do this thing. Well, we're looking at like six months. Well, <laughs> it may be a fucking year. Like, we don't know yet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, two years? Yeah, I could see right. two years. I could see <laughs> <Right>. two years. <laughs> but, and the, the crazy thing is now even, like, there are certain venues and stuff that are still on, like, mask mandates or lower oh, yeah. capacities and things like that. And it's like... Totally. I, I get it. I mean, I almost died from it. So, like, I totally get it. But... Damn. At the same time, we have to go back and live our lives, you know, like we yeah. can't just constantly be in this fear. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a tricky line to walk, but um, it was no joke. That's for sure. Like, yeah. as you can attest to, it's it wasn't it wasn't a fucking <laughs> scam. It was a real illness. So, like, yes, it uh, was. yeah, it, it was definitely a tricky line to walk. That was like how to navigate all that shit. And we had a, a couple little moments with that, too, or like. I remember there was one show in Richmond at a venue. We drove all the way to Richmond and um, long story short, we were all vaccinated except a couple of us were only half vaxxed because they had had COVID and the doctors had told them, don't get your second Mm -hmm. dose until you've waited this many months, blah, 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 blah. And the venue wouldn't let us play. We had already loaded in all of our gear, set up, then they asked for the vax cards and we told them like, this is what the doctors told us to do. And they're like, sorry, but you can't be here. Had to turn around and drive home. Um, but yeah, shit was crazy. <laughs> yeah, No, I, I had a very similar thing. Um, I'll put them on blast. I was supposed to photograph modest mouse. It was going to be my, my first show back after, oh, after almost dying. Yeah. I spent 46 days in the hospital and, uh, um, Oh my God, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts. Um, like, you know, two months later after getting out of the hospital, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it. Like I feel okay, whatever. Yeah. And their management approved me, told me everything was good. We needed to wear a mask in the pit. That was going to be it. No, no vax Mm -hmm. requirements or anything. I drive like an hour and 20 minutes to the venue get there. And they're like, yeah, you're not shooting tonight. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I am. I've got, you know, this email says otherwise. And they're like, yeah, the tour manager said uh, the band is requesting vax cards for everybody that's going to be in the pit. And I'm like, you're letting fucking general admission in with no vax cards and no mask. Are yeah. you guys serious? And they they wouldn't let me fucking shoot the show. So I wasted, you know, that three hours of round trip. And it was, I was so shitty about that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah, that's. Yeah. That's a tough pill to swallow right there. <laughs> well, and especially like I'm not like a crazy big modest mouse fan, but like they're Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I lost you, didn't I? Just for a sec. Okay. <laughs> um, like they're fucking iconic. I I wanted yeah. to shoot that, you know? Yeah. But it is what it is. Um so <laughs> let's dive in the, the record we've yeah. For whatever reason, not name dropped it yet. Uh, you've got a happy, mad, sad, or weird, sad uh, yes. coming out October seventh. Um, so let's dive into it a little bit. One thing I don't do anymore uh, because I don't want to take them away from anybody is I don't like ask the super detailed questions about what a song's about anymore because yeah. I want people to connect with it however they connect with it. Um, I agree. But overarching, let's talk, you know, a little bit about kind of the concept of the album and and what goes into the process with you guys. Um, I think I want to start with, because you guys just dropped it not too long ago, let's start with the, um, 
the spilt salt. Yeah. And and this this album or this song, um, and the video, which is intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the video is so much fun. Um, yeah. Uh, so you mean like the concept behind the song? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that actually was one of the first songs that we ever wrote um, back in 2014, 2015. Um, and Christian had just moved from Baltimore. He was like an inner city Baltimore kid and moved to Loudoun County because some of his friends had moved to Loudoun County, which is just outside Washington, D.C., for those that don't know, um, in Virginia. And uh, Loudoun County is the wealthiest county in the world for like the last 20 years running or something like that. So to go from inner city Baltimore to this was just kind of like, which I had a similar uh, city swap kind of thing. I was from Northern Ohio. Uh, So like, it is a bit jarring moving from some not as fortunate communities to this kind of area. Yeah. And um, yeah, spilt salt was kind of a, um, a song about his viewing people like, you know, we work service industry, we're bartending and we got to see um, a small portion of the population in the area had this kind of like entitlement sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, not everybody, like I said, Loudoun County has been so welcoming of us, and like so supportive and it's been awesome and it's home. Like I would never leave this place. I've been very happy here that eight years I've lived here, but anyway, I digress. Uh, it, it is about, um, what money can make people do, uh, and what it can turn people into basically, uh, especially from the perspective of a inner city Baltimore kid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm from the Midwest myself, uh, North of Indianapolis. So definitely get your Ohio vibe, you know, like, yeah, it's, you know, we all shit on our, our hometowns or whatever, Big but time. like, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> growing up, you don't realize how bad it is. And then you go visit places and you're like, what the fuck were we doing? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, most of my family's actually pretty much all my family's still up there. And like, I love going back. It's like a nostalgic thing. And there's always this pride. Like if you're from kind of a grittier part of the country, yeah. there's like, but it's, it's your grit. Like, you know, it's right. the grit that like shaped you into like who you are. Yeah. And uh, like, you can recognize the shittiness and still be very proud of, you know, your roots kind of a thing. So, yeah. 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 No, I, I a hundred percent agree. I think it's, it's that thing of like, kind of like with siblings, right? Like you, I can pick on my brother, but you can't pick on my brother. Oh, I'll exactly. Fight you over that. Like, exactly. It is. That is a perfect uh, metaphor for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so for this album, um, you know, again, without getting crazy in depth on some of these songs, I think it's a, a really interesting thing that you guys have done where you've kind of been able to tell a story without being a full concept album. You know what I mean? Like you're not it's not Coheed and Cambria where there's this real intricate story and character or whatever, but like, yeah, there's obviously a story to be told here from your perspective, you know, the background guy, quote unquote, as mm-hmm. drummers are, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what does this story mean to you? And kind of what's that perception of the story for you? Um, I would say this record is very much an observational piece. So, um, my understanding interpretation of it uh, is that it really is kind of this different chapters of Christian and Piano's lives and um, uh, a kind of deep dive into some different scenarios that left them feeling either amazing. Um, Christian wrote his first ever love song on this record. Uh, so yeah, some, some very good feelings. Yeah. Uh and some not so good feelings on other songs. Um, so yeah, it's a very, it's very much in like a first person kind of like observational mode uh, for different scenarios that they've been through in their lives from childhood till very recent. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, 
so with the recording process for you guys, you know, having come through COVID to write it and all of that, mm -hmm. what was it like finally getting to studio space? Because obviously you guys had, or likely you guys have been kind of jamming these songs previously, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it was great. So once we finally got the green light, um, we'd been, you know, zoom sessioning with our amazing producer that we all are absolutely crazy about, uh, Eric Palmquist, um, dude's incredible, but to finally get out there to his studio in LA and, um, you know, to be able to travel across the country to even get to the studio, it's like fucking finally. Um, and so many great records were, were done in his room and like, um, just to be in that space with somebody that we all look up to. Um, and you know, we're all like, it's a very democratic writing process. So like, we're all feeding opinions. There's nobody like totally in the driver's seat. Um, which for a producer can be tricky to navigate because you got to make progress and someone's got to make some decisions. But Eric just did such an amazing job, just like really facilitating like a cool, productive, creative atmosphere in there. Um, so, uh, yeah, we had, we'd kind of jammed all these songs out. Christian and Piano did the brunt of the writing, working with these Zoom sessions with Eric. And then once we all felt like they were ready, um, we all hopped on a plane and went out and I think it took us maybe three weeks, three, four weeks total. Yeah. Um, but we're really, really proud of what it turned into. Yeah, for sure. Um, I always find it interesting, uh, when it's, you know, not that you guys are a, a small, small band, but you know, when it's a, a smaller band and you're working yeah. with someone like Eric and, and a studio that's so established kind of talk about maybe the imposter syndrome to some extent, when you walk in those doors oh God, and yeah. see that equipment and you're like, do I belong here? What's happening? Dude. Uh, there were like, I think two or three Mars Walter records on the wall. Yeah. And like John Theodore is like one of my, I can't even call him an inspiration because like the level of God that that dude's on, <laughs> right. it's just not even fair to him to say he's an inspiration to me. But um, yeah, to be in the room that those drums are recorded, like absolute imposter syndrome. Um, the good news is Eric was again, just so charming and like friendly, like it very much brought us back down to earth to be like, yeah, like, don't, don't worry about that. Like, just do what you do and like, have fun, be creative, like, and it'll be great. And yeah. uh, that definitely helped because easily we all could have just shriveled up and just been like, uh, even the kit that I was playing on, I don't remember who he said it, it belonged to, but he had borrowed it from somebody that I shouldn't be hitting those drums right. and just like, God damn it. It's <laughs> <laughs> just too much. Yeah. But no, I, I, I think that's cool too, though. That shows the level of that Eric's at as well, that, you know, he's yeah. able to, to kind of wrangle you guys together and say like, ignore my resume and let's work on your resume. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why he is who he is. Cause he just, he knows how to do it. He knows what I, I imagine that there are lots of different personalities needed for lots of different types of bands and like, right. um, I, I imagine he, he knows how to just create that zone for like whatever bands need to, to get really good stuff out of them. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, kind of working with him in the sense of, you know, from a creative standpoint, you guys have been jamming these songs. So you have rough, maybe even semi fledged out ideas of, yeah, we, we want this to be this way. How often or, you know, are there any songs you can think of maybe that Eric stepped in a little bit and was like, you know, that's dope. But if we did this, you know, we can change that dynamic. Yeah. Um, it happens. Like I said, it's pretty democratic. So like there are portions of, I, I'm going to say every song, but 
it might not have been, but at least most of the songs, there are moments where like, ah, but if you tried this or ah, I'm not really feeling that, try doing this. Like for every instrument, for every part right. of the songs, he he was involved in facilitating in some way or another. And he's a talented musician himself. So like um, seeing him like whip out a bass and start like, well, what if like we did something like this? And like um, the different types of inspiration that he was offering, whether it was super like to the point, like try this right. or maybe be more ethereal and do this and try to avoid going dissonant on that chord and blah, blah, blah. Like it was, but yeah, every song, um, I would say had his hands in it for the, the most, I would say high society. He had a big part in, uh, that, which, um, may or may not be coming out soon. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that was probably the one that he, he was very much like, I really think you guys should do this. And we listened and it was awesome. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say this since you kind of, uh, dodged it a little bit to be safe. <laughs> I understand, uh, your episode should be going live. I'm looking at the calendar now. Uh, you should be going live actually on the fifth. So right okay. before the album drops anyway. So, okay. Perfect. Don't worry about, you know, any secrets that you're Dates. not supposed to tell yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it um, drops tomorrow. So like, I think it was like, Oh yeah, it's definitely going to be released by the yeah. time this thing comes out. So yeah, for sure, um, <laughs> I've had that once in my 19 years where we let something slip, and then we were like, we both didn't think anything about it. Yeah, and I get an email from the PR team, and they're like, "Hey, that was a really cool uh, interview. I need you to edit it though, and I need you to pull this out." And I'm like, uh, "Okay, why?" You know, like not thinking anything about it, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, they're not supposed to talk about that yet." That that's not released for like another two weeks for the news that was coming out around it. And I was like, cool. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but no, um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the recognition that you guys have been getting as of late as well. You know, billboards been talking about you alt press, you know, some of these major players, we keep going back to this imposter syndrome and like, where the fuck do we, belong or like how did we get to this point um you know seeing your name on some of these publications that are iconic right like nothing's bigger than billboard and to to say like we're an artist that billboards talked about what's that mean to you uh it's it's pretty crazy um i remember when this is this is funny and honestly i don't even know if i should say it but it's just so (laughs) fucking funny um with the billboard thing, we were like, holy shit, like they're going to talk about us. Like, this is so cool. And then we saw the article and it was like, how COVID derailed up and coming bands career. (laughs) (laughs) We're just like, ah, I mean, Uh, but it's not wrong. Right. Like, (laughs) no, no, I mean, it's absolutely right. It's just to think like, all right, finally, like this huge publication is talking about us and like, the article is like <laughs> band's career over due to pandemic <laughs> it was so good, but it, it was, it was very cool. Um, and yeah, like you said, the imposter syndrome thing, um, it's just like, why, why are you talking about this little old band? Um, but it's cool. Uh, my, my family's like, there's so many like lifelong musicians and like people who have like, dedicated their lives to you know that that drive of like making it into a career and um it's it's crazy because like again imposter syndrome but i i could just in my family name musicians that are like way more talented than i am i'm just like i don't know what it is the secret sauce but um it's i just feel in very fortunate to be uh doing what i'm doing that's for sure yeah but you still throw it out at like thanksgivings and, and oh, you, family reunions right, right? <laughs> yeah yeah just rub it in a little bit yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool you beat me at lawn darts but <laughs> yeah uh... <laughs> 
What are you, you coming to our order? show, uh, Hamilton right. Ballroom, or are you, what, are you good, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll have to get a hold of Billboard again, too, and be like, hey, remember when you said that our career was basically dead because of COVID? Like, can we do a follow-up now? That would be really funny. We really should. Yeah. <laughs> we um, have to make that happen. For sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this tour that you're getting ready to, to head out on, or that you guys had headed out on with um, with Mercy, and then... yeah. I want to talk about kind of the plans that you have coming up as well. Um, but, you know, how cool traveling with, with Mercy and being able to play those shows and kind of um, state champs, hot mulligan, jumping on for parts of that. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. that been like, you know, seeing some of these other bands that are in a very similar trajectory to you jumping in and, and kind of joining the ride? It's awesome. Cause like, you know, you, there's in a lot of cities, there's like a lot of competition where like bands can be a little bit cutthroat and like yeah. it's capitalist and blah, blah, blah. But like, um, we haven't experienced that at all. Like every band that we've gotten to play with has just been like so supportive and like you make really good friends with these people. Um, Mercy, we didn't even realize that they were from like where we're from. Like, right. We'd, we'd heard them, but we had no idea. Uh, Dylan, our, our guitar player, lives in Reston and, like, turns out one of the Mercy guys lives, like, in the apartment complex, like, across the street from him. And, like, <laughs> we just had no fucking clue. Right. Um, and now we're, like, best buds with those guys. And same with, like, a lot of the other bands that we've played with uh, over the years, the Happy Fits. Um, the guys in State Champs were really funny. Got to play a lot of yeah. ping pong. Uh yeah, so it's it's been really, really cool. Um, and this upcoming tour, I think we're doing five weeks uh, with Dangerous Summer and like Pacific and a bunch of other um, local bands in each of the cities that we're playing with. And it's it's just always like a really, I don't know, family-like atmosphere kind of thing where we're all huffing it around together and we're stinky and we're hungry and we're tired, but like it's... Uh, it's the best part. I was going to say, for it, sure. <laughs> that, that's the musician dream, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. What better? Our, and I, I was going to say the, the thing, like we talked about COVID shutting things down. Like that was one of the things a lot of bands said, you know, through those COVID years was like, I don't care if it's the shit hole in the wall. Like, I just want to be back out there. I don't yeah. fucking care. Yeah. Our, our live show is like where we have, the most fun like we do love being in the studio but like actually performing is that's that's it right there i've said before on the show and had plenty of of artists say the same thing that like you know there there's drug addiction and that's a terrible fucking thing but the yeah. the high that you get from people singing your songs back to you yeah nothing will top it ever it's cr- the it's funny you say that because like this last tour with uh, Mercy, it was like we were playing some cities that we'd never been to before, and to have people singing our lyrics, like it wasn't like you know we play hometown. It's like all right, it's your friends, it's friends of friends. Like there's a very few degrees of separation between us as individuals and right. most of the people coming to see us. But to like get the validation of going to a new city and they don't know any of us personally, but they're singing our words. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That, that high, like <laughs> it, it wouldn't matter if someone said like, you need to look serious this whole show. Like it's the smiles <laughs> coming out. Yeah, yeah. Like when you see somebody in the crowd doing that, it's just like, Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. that's it right there. But I think that's the thing especially kind of in in these genres of music because you guys are kind of fluid in what genre you fit in like yeah you don't fit in a box and i mean that in the best sort of way yeah Um, that's that's our aim (laughs) good good. uh but i think you know with the the spectrum that you're in you know the connection to fans is so much tighter than if you were a pop 40 band or, you know, something like that, where it's like, 
I, I play radio hits and that's all my goal ever is, is to play radio hits. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. But we have substance and we're making these connections with fans and impacting lives in a much more meaningful way. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's very much a, a genuine thing and I can't, I can't take credit for that. Uh, Christian right. and Piano are just like very true to who they are and, what they love making um and uh that's why i love being in this band is just like it's not to please any certain market or anything like that it's just right. like hey i've been listening to a lot of like this type of music what if we like fucked around and did a little bit of this and uh yeah it's it, it turns into something special i might have lost you I lost you for a split second, but we're okay. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So going out with, you know, the dangerous summer and, and like Pacific too, I wanted to touch on that because, you know, the dangerous summer, I feel like for some reason has never gotten the recognition that they fucking deserve. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they've, they've been killing it for years, a, a decade plus now at this point and AJ's yeah. such an incredible songwriter and human being in general and like for whatever reason they've never that next level lift but within the genres they're still so well known so like kind of what's that like for you being able to look at a band like them that's been out killing it and going you know uh, probably another imposter syndrome moment to some extent like we're yeah. going to be sharing the stage with these people that we grew up listening to yeah it's um it is crazy uh we had a lot of that with the the angels tour and then um I, I don't know like it's it's always great for us to like be able to like you said, our, our our genre is not super clearly defined so like right. <laughs> when we play one of these tours with one of these bands like it's like well are there people gonna fuck with us or is this gonna be weird but like um to be able to to play with them with the career that they've had and the amount of awesome tracks they've put out like um i don't know it's it's just it's another one of those opportunities where um it's kind of what we always dreamed for um yeah and on this tour we're playing some cities we've never played before like um i i'm that's always like a really cool thing when you're getting yeah. back out on the road is just like hitting a new place. Like I've never been to San Francisco, but uh, getting to play a show there is going to be awesome. So we'll, yeah. we'll enjoy riding on their coattails for a little bit uh, <laughs> for yeah, a few no, weeks I, here. And I, I was going to say, I think that's the thing too, is like not in the, like not in the narcissist way, right? Like, yeah, but we're gonna take every advantage to to capitalize on what they've done before us to help yeah. bring us along as well. Yeah, and honestly, like a big part of it's like just another opportunity. I know it sounds whatever, but like, um, they just seem like really fun people. So yeah. Like, yeah. to to just get to like hang out and shoot the shit with them on the road is just something that we're all really looking forward to. So. Yeah. For sure. I hope uh, they're not mean. <laughs> I don't think they are. Uh, I've only had a short interaction with AJ, and he was super dope. So we'll, we'll Was assume. he mean to you? No, he was super dope. He All was right. awesome. So, I'm taking your word for it, because we're, yeah. we're spending five weeks with them. So, like, you know. Right. Yeah. No, and that, that kicks off, uh, for anyone listening that hasn't looked at the dates yet, that kicks off in Denver on October 22nd. So about yeah. two weeks after the album drops and... Um, you know, that what a what better way to do it, too, right? Like, hey, here's yeah. a new album, you better fucking learn it because we're coming. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's perfect timing for sure. Um, should be uh, interesting to get out there again, yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of one of my my wrap up questions that I, I like to use, especially when an artist has a new album coming out, is it's a two part question. And obviously, nobody else has heard the album yet, so they'll be hopeful, hopefully surprised when they do hear the album just a couple of days after the podcast. But 
part A of the question is what song do you think people are going to gravitate to? And the flip side of that is what song do you want them to gravitate to? I think they're going to gravitate towards Disco Days um, because that song is just so fucking catchy. Right. Um, I'd like them to gravitate towards Paper Houses. Um, It's just a heavy, like, gritty... I don't know, the flow to that song, like, just the rhythm section, not to, you know be that guy because i'm part of the rhythm section but you know uh it's it's just like the right amount of grit like it's it's almost feels like led zeppelin kind of i don't know man i just hope they gravitate towards it yeah yeah Yeah. um no and i think it's okay for you to brag on on the rhythm section i've said on this podcast very publicly that a band is only as good as their drummer because let's be very honest and this is trying to blow smoke up your ass but you could have an incredible vocalist but if the fucking bass line isn't there with the drums and keeping time it doesn't fucking matter yeah that's true it's all a team sport right (laughs) without the other ones this is uh this isn't tennis this is football you know you gotta you gotta require and rely on all the people around you yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of everything I've got for you on this this particular conversation. I'm sure we're going to have more in the future. Um, yeah. I'm going to be trying to get over. Looks like you're going to be in Columbus on November the 13th. So mm-hmm. that's the one that I'm going to be uh, telling the team that I need to be at. So we'll see what happens yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> but kind of. You know, I ask the same thing at the end of every episode. Um, obviously, I'll link all the social medias and stuff. But like, what's the best way to find you guys online and interact? Um, yeah, pretty much all the normal socials. Uh, Instagram. We aren't real active on Twitter, but you know, we are there. Uh, Facebook. They can find us on Spotify, YouTube. We're we're just all over the place. Um, awesome. We we're probably. Uh, we're pretty heavy into engaging on all those platforms. So we're, we're, we're not hard to find or to reach out to. <laughs> yeah. Good. And I didn't figure you were, but I'm the same way. Like I have a Twitter. I couldn't yeah. tell you the last time I fucking tweeted. Like, yeah, same. it doesn't, it's a cesspool and I just refuse to partake in it. Yeah. If, they, if people want to see our goofiest shit, then our TikTok channel is pretty fucking weird. But um, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, it's all pretty, pretty there. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. Do, you'll have to do a like, kind of like a tour diary or whatever for TikTok as you know yes. each day. Yeah, awesome, all the man. shenanigans we're getting into. <laughs> well, hopefully, good ones. You know, I I hope yeah. uh, AJ's not mean to you, and you don't you know just have TikToks of you crying because he's berated you or something. I'll report back to you if he's mean. <laughs> I'm calling Sorry. you, Josh. I'm like, you told me he was a nice guy. <laughs> I was wrong. I'm sorry. (laughs) Maybe it's a you problem, not a me problem. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it could be. (laughs) Awesome, man. Again, I appreciate your time. Um, Like I said, this will go up just before the album. I'm stoked for people to to catch that and then hopefully get out there and check you guys out on tour. Cool. Yeah, thanks, Josh. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's everything I've got. So, uh, have a good night. I'm going to go eat dinner now. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Catch you later. See you, man. And that was my conversation with Sam from My Kid Brother. Um, As always, really hope you guys enjoyed that. But also, huge shout out to Sam for taking the time to have that conversation with me. Um, You know, it, again, is just always fun for me to have these conversations in general, but right before a project drops for a band, um, seeing the excitement as Sam was discussing, you know, the album and working with Eric and just kind of that general hype that even he feels going into this album cycle is, is really, really fun. Um, and I think you guys obviously can hear it in his voice that this is something that they're really proud of, they're really happy with, 
Um, and, you know, who knows what's to come next. There's a lot of uh, touring, hopefully, that's going to happen to support the album and things like that. So, as always, be sure to go over, check out their social medias. I'll have those linked in the description of the podcast. So you can jump over, follow them, like, share, subscribe to all their stuff. Um, and yeah, you know, show them support uh, any way you can. All the free things um, are just as important, if not more important, than paying for the song. Uh, you know, streaming it, sharing it with friends, things like that is is massive. So please go out and do that. Um, and yeah, I think that's everything I've got for you guys on this episode. Um, definitely have some more really cool episodes coming, a lot of concert coverage, uh, coming up as well. Um, I am, as of the day of this going live, just getting back from a trip to Chicago photographing an artist, um, on their first North American tour. So that'll be really dope and you should make sure that you follow us on all the socials and things like that. So Facebook, Instagram are the primary two. Head over to the web and you can head over to the website, check out galleries. We've done all kinds of stuff lately. We photographed the Is For Lovers Festival in Cincinnati um, a little over a month ago now, I guess. Um, we recently got to photograph Taylor Acorn, who was on last week's episode. Uh, and that was really dope. And, you know, there's just a lot of really cool stuff up there that you guys should check out and, and, uh, you know, let us know what you think. Um, that's everything guys. Like I said, so as always, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other and you make the scene.